forming and faithful to church. Praise God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. I've had this, uh, this sermon, this idea on my mind for a while. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Knowing that I wanted to preach, amen, and, and uh, uh, have this scheduled probably about for two or three weeks now to preach on marriage this morning. How many know marriage is incredible? Yes, amen. Amen. With three amens. <laughs> By the time altar call comes, we're praying that the Lord would grow the amen spirit this morning. Marriage is incredible. And I want to help through the word of God this morning get you to incredible. You know, I will never forget. I was about to get married and I was very zealous and excited and and man, I cannot believe, you know, I found Julie, you know, God brought me Julie. I didn't find, I was lost. And, and uh, anyways, I don't, God blinded a woman just long enough for me to get married. But I, I'll never forget, you know, and so I'm telling people, man, I'm getting married. And, and this old guy, he looks at me and he says, don't ever do it. <laughs> what do you mean, man? You know, it was, I mean, just totally brought the wet bomb on my excitement, you know, and don't ever do it. It's overrated. And he just began to throw up on me because of his past. I want to tell you, God intended marriage to be incredible. I want to, through the word of God, get you to incredible. And we pray that you can stay incredible. incredible. Amen. If you're Single, I encourage you, amen, you take this and you put it on the shelf because who knows what God will do in a very short time, amen, you can pull this meal off the shelf and snack on it later, but it's still healthy for you to eat this morning. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3, the Bible says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in Humility, value others above yourself. Listen, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Verse 7, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a serpent and being made in human likeness. You know, everybody wants their marriage to stay alive. 
There is something in all of us, all of us men, that longs for a, a deeper relationship than a gym partner. A deeper relationship than a business partner or a, a basketball buddy. Amen. There is something in us that desires something deeper. Ladies, there's something in you that desires something deeper than a nail buddy. Hey, let's go get our nails done. Okay. <laughs> you know? Something deeper than a mall friend. I don't even know what you call that. Just a girlfriend. You know, just... <laughs> Everyone wants this. Let me ask you a question. Is it even possible to fall in love, to stay in love, to have a marriage that lasts and will stay together? Is it possible to have lasting love? How do you make a relationship that has lasting love? How many don't want to answer that question with us this morning? Praise God. I want to look first. Amen. You want this. Number one, you need to avoid bitterness and resentment. How many know bitterness and resentment is very real? Your husband or wife are here. Don't say amen too loud. Just kind of go, amen, you know, the other direction. I'll tell you, the truth is, this will build up in your marriage. Bitterness and resentment comes when one person feels that they are carrying more of the responsibility in the relationship. When the weight of the relationship is on one of the person's shoulders instead of both of the person's shoulders. You ever carried in a piece of furniture with four people and you know the guy next to you that's he's not even touching the couch. Just standing there acting like. And the same with marriage. When one person feels like the responsibility and the life of the relationship is on one of the shoulders instead of both, they begin to feel bitter and resentful towards the other person. And what happens is you begin to keep score. People begin to keep score in their marriage when bitterness and resentment begins to enter into their heart. They begin to view their relationship, how unfair it is and what they're doing and not doing on the other side. Do you know what keeping score means? You know what it means? You know when, when Jet asks for a cookie... He doesn't just say, Dad, can I have a cookie? He says, Dad, can I have a cookie? JJ and Jadell have a cookie. <laughs> what is he doing? He is keeping score, and marriages can begin to keep score. But let me tell you something, guys and girls. Men and women keep score differently. Amen. It's not the same rules. Men, if you get up, and you get out of bed in the morning and put your clothes on, we give ourselves 1,000 points. Bang! You brush your teeth, 500. Bam! The fact that we got up and going to bring home some money today, that's enough. 
We're on our way home. And we remind ourselves, I was faithful to my wife today. <laughs> Another thousand. Bam. Thank you. Bam. Right? Thought it was going to be all spiritual. <laughs> and we give ourselves points for everything. I took out the garbage. Another thousand. Bam. Bam. Come on. That gives me the excuse now. To sit on the couch, on my phone or iPad, and let my wife catch up. <laughs> because something in our mind says that we're easily 10,000 points in front of my wife. So honey, I'm just going to give you a little time to catch up. And then the guys have this in their mind, looking at their wife. What did you do all day while I was at work? You got quiet there on that one. Amen. Everyone was just joyful. And then it's the truth. And here's the bad thing: because women keep score in a completely different way. You get up, you go to work. That's one point. <laughs> Right? You brought home some money? That's one more point. You stayed faithful to me today? That's no points. I just won't kill you. Right? Amen. And in men's minds, we have 10,000 points. And in a woman's mind, you have five. Men, this will save your life if you understand how your wife keeps score. Listen, I know this is the truth. Men, you need to understand something. And when I teach you this, you need to throw in an extra offering Sunday. Amen. This is powerful. Just kidding. Just kidding. But she's becoming resentful because you think you're doing so much and she thinks you're not doing anything at all. Understand this, men. Your wife gives you one point, and it doesn't matter what you do. You get one point. Women don't see your big things as important as you do. And guys, listen to me. This is not a bad thing. You can learn the system and make it work for you. Amen. The good news is small acts of kindness matter as much as large acts of kindness. It's the truth. A guy thinks, I just got to do a couple of big things each year. Man, just take care of her on birthday, Christmas, an anniversary, and bang, my year's going to be good. This should take care of her. What's her problem? Understand this, guys. This will help you. Guys, I'm even trying to save you money here. <laughs> Women care about small acts of kindness in the same way of big acts of kindness. Small acts of kindness are the same points as the big acts. Listen, guys, the big things are not enough. A couple of big things are not enough. Amen. You do something and in your mind, you're... <laughs> and in her mind, it... 
They took a survey about women. They said, would you rather receive a dozen roses on one day or receive one rose 12 different days? And guess what they chose? 12 different days. Listen, this is the truth. They really want both. So throw that in there. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you is this. In the morning, when you get up, make her a cup of coffee. In the morning, when you get up and you throw your clothes on the floor, pick them up, put them somewhere nicely. Amen. <laughs> this is getting dangerous in here. Right? Got to switch it up. I didn't know it was going to go down like this. Amen. Your dirty underwear, don't leave them on the bathroom floor. There, I said it. After you finish eating, pick up your plate and put it in the sink. Men, it is not the big things, it is the little things for a woman. Plan a date. Plan a date this Friday. Make a reservation, one point. Babysitter, another point. Plan to walk around the point, or the park, another point. Listen, man, can I tell you, and don't surprise her either. I, I gotta learn this. I'm a surpriser. I love just to surprise, like bam, you know. Don't surprise her. Man. And let me tell you why. It's because in a woman's mind, how many of women like to talk? And women have a lot of friends, and every time they tell that story, it's another point. Right? They go to church and they begin to tell, and then you're getting more and more points. She begins to tell her friends at work. She can't keep it to herself. And every time she tells the story, she calls her mom a point. She calls her sister a point. She calls her sister-in-laws. It's another point. Amen. And as a double bonus, this is a double bonus, every time she tells a friend, you're stealing points away from the husbands of those ladies. Because now she's looking at them like, man, I did marry a loser. Just kidding. Listen, another thing that scores points. With your wife, have a meaningful conversation. Just stay quiet. Amen. Let her stay quiet and listen to her talk. Here's the big thing. Just stay focused. Give her full attention. Amen. And not a lot, but just a little bit. Talk back. Just a little bit. Talk back. Amen. See, wow, that's cool. I can't believe they said that to you. Wow. Amazing. And listen, you want to hit the jackpot, ask them this question. How did that make you feel? And it's just... <laughs> Amen. Just trying to help the guys out. Women. You know how to score points 
with your men. And let me tell you something, men. It's super simple with men. We are not complicated. <laughs> getting nervous in here. I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> Sweating right now more than I was playing the drums. <laughs> Listen, men want long-lasting love. That's about it. Listen, there is other things that men want, but it's not important. But listen, one of them is when you believe in him. When you allow your husband to know that he is the number one in your life. I am the number one fan you have. How many know men have fragile egos? Very fragile And when you let him know that you think he's amazing, he will ask you, what do you want in my kingdom? Anything. Amen. 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 What can I do for you? We are simple. Sex and believe in him. I said it. Real fast. (laughs) Amen. And men will do anything for those two things. Let's go a little deeper. Let's go into the bedroom. Not too crazy. But do you know that he wants and she wants them to be the only one? I have exclusive rights to you. Song of Solomon 7.10, I belong to my beloved and his desire is for me. Listen, this is so powerful. Every man needs this, needs to know and understand. It is the key for, for what you want, guys. We live in a generation like never before that tells people those that lust together are better in the bedroom together. That is a lie from hell. People watching, or couples watching pornography together, even going outside the marriage to be happy and then coming back together. Listen, this is insanity from hell. Amen. News article. Having an open marriage saved our marriage. Right in the middle of putting this sermon together. It's a lie from hell. They were having problems. So they had an agreement that they could go out with other people. And they did. And when they came back, they began to like each other again. The only problem is they've only been married for less than one year. I can tell you this morning that that will destroy. Our scripture says his desire is for me and me alone. Amen. And what is happening because of pornography, what people are doing, what men and women are doing, training in real people for fantasy. And something tragic begins to happen. Listen, pornography turns off a woman. What would the answer be if I asked all the ladies here this morning what you think if your husband looked at pornography and they imagined that you were her? No woman would say, I desire that. 
Pornography produces a turned off woman. Number two, listen, it destroys the man's appetite. They say pornography is like eating snacks all day and when dinner is served, you're not hungry. The more you watch, the more you destroy the, world thi the real thing. And how many know snacks do not satisfy? The difference between a man and a woman making love in a holy bedroom, getting to the peak of love, is a man or woman seeing something. There's a difference between that and a man or a woman seeing something on their phone and doing it themselves. The difference is when you are with the love of your life, your wife or your husband, there are chemicals released at the peak that make you hot-blooded. Every cell in your body looks over at the other cells and begins to sing, I've got revival in my soul, in my soul. <laughs> That's what long-lasting love is. It's not looking at a picture. Come on. It's not looking at your cell phone at night. The Bible says, in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. And I'll add, women in the last days will be lovers of themselves as well, more than lovers of God. You know, there's a lot of women that say, I wish my husband would come to church more and praise God more. Can I, can I help you? Maybe he would come Sunday more if you would put a smile on his face on Saturday night. <laughs> can we be real? Man, don't look at me like that. We're going to continue. Amen. If you want him to praise the Lord, give him something to be thankful for. Amen. You ever think about people, they get married, and they say how much they love each other, and the truth is they really are in love, and then, you know, five, three, two, one, six months later, they hate that person more than anybody else on planet Earth. They hate that person more than a mass killer. They hate that person more than a mass bomber in Afghanistan. They hate that person more than the most evil person walking on the Earth. How does that happen? What happens? You fall in love with someone and then... Out of all the people in the whole world, you dislike them the most. And it even travels a little further. It even begins to go into violence. Not only do I hate you, but now I want to hurt you. How does this happen? The wisest man to ever live other than Jesus was Solomon. <laughs> he experienced all things and knew many things. Proverbs 4.23 he says this, in all of his experience, and all of his wives, and all of his wealth, and all of his success, and all that he was, he says, above all of these things, guard your heart. It's powerful. 
someone that has experienced so much. And he says, above everything else, what you need to do, you need to guard your heart for everything you do flows from your heart. What does that mean? When a man meets a woman, a woman meets a man, they fall in love. And let's be honest this morning. All of us bring baggage into the marriage. All of Everyone say, all of us. All of us. Now say, that's me. That's <laughs> we all see each other through the glasses of our past life experiences. And when we get into an argument, things begin to come out of us. You begin to think he or she is the reason that you are unhappy, is the reason and giving me permission for this bitterness. You are why I'm like this. You are why I can't trust. And it goes on and on and on. They do something to you on level three and your reaction is level 10. Why? You begin to start hating this person. And not liking them because of what they did. Or is it because of what they are bringing out of you? That is why Solomon says to always guard your heart. Many times, most times, you are not having a marriage problem. You are having a heart problem. I'm going to say that again. Please listen to me. Many times you are not having a marriage problem. You are having a heart problem. There are things that are in your heart and they begin to come out of you when you have marriage problems. People in our generation today say, well, I'll just go find another one. And let me tell you something. You find another one and it will happen all over again because you are not having marriage problems. You're having heart problems. First yeah. Corinthians 13, 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. What does love do? It always protects always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. It's powerful. What happens is we start out with high expectations. You said you would. He or she promised me. They were committed to me. You start out with expectations. And then now you see the behavior. Expectations. And then there is a long gap in the middle of behavior. What happens in the middle? Right? Expectations. Behavior. What happens in the middle? Listen to me this morning. This is where the choice is. This is why the Bible says, believe for the best. Amen. Or we can say what the world does assumes for the worst. Isn't that the choice? Believe for the best or assume for the worst. Paul says love 
hopes all things. Love believes all things. And I understand there are some spouses that they're lost in their sin. And they need a miracle. But for many here today, it's not like that. And what happens for many of you, instead of you hoping for the best, you assume the worst. You begin to make assumptions about them. I think they are. I think this, or I think that. And you begin to assume the worst between expectation and behavior. Listen to me. Love does not assume the worst. I knew they would do that. I knew they wouldn't do that. Paul said it over 2,000 years ago that when you're living with someone who doesn't meet your expectation, Paul says you gotta believe for the best. Man, I, yeah, I know he's been busy. I understand. I know she's been doing a lot lately. I understand. They have a lot of pressure. I can see. I totally understand. When they call or they come home, you're not already you know, angry and annoyed and just ready to... You give each other some room in life. Even for mistakes and misunderstandings. Am I in the right church this morning? <laughs> And I'm not saying you don't talk about things and discuss things. And I'm not talking about violating sin where you just kind of make room for mistakes. I'm not talking about violating sin. But what I am saying is you need to give each other some room and believe for the best, not assume for the worst. When you assume for the worst, you begin to say things like, I knew you were like this. I knew you would mess up. I knew this would happen. Instead of, oh, I understand something important must have came up. Or, yeah, you have been busy lately. I understand. Listen, you have to talk about things and work things out. Why? Because this sets the atmosphere of your home. You know, atmosphere is important. You have to talk about things, work things out. Can I ask you a question? What do you do quicker? What comes out faster? Believing for the best or assuming for the worst? What I'm talking about this morning is long-lasting love. And it is the desire of every single person in here's heart. People who say, people who stay in love for life, and people who fall out of love, they all have the same problems. They all have the same problems. But it's expectation and behavior. What happens in between is the difference. 
there was a study. It was a study on married couples. And it was on people that had been married 10 years or more. And the partner, they rated them. And people that were married 10 years or more rated them higher than what they really were in real life. What that says is true love is really blind. Amen. And he finished this article by saying a healthy marriage is when a couple is extremely generous in explaining why their, why their mate is not doing what they expected. It's powerful. I'll say that again. They finished by saying... A healthy marriage is when a couple is extremely generous in explaining why their mate is not doing what they were expected. Generous in their explanation. That's powerful. They explain the best way they can of why their mate isn't doing what they expected of them. And let me tell you, we can do it. Because that is exactly what you did when you were dating. (laughs) Amen. Amen. People try to tell you, no way, uh, no, uh, what are you doing, uh. And what did you do? You gave them a generous explanation of why he or she is not uh, but he's the one or she's the one. What were you doing? You were believing the best, not expecting the worst. Listen, the atmosphere you build in your marriage for each other builds the direction for the way that you will go in your marriage. You know, the truth is, we would never naturally want to disappoint. And then many times... We have all disappointed before. Right? But not on purpose. We can't start assuming the worst. Or you will build an atmosphere for the worst. This is what we should do. Back to our original scripture. This is a powerful blueprint for marriage. Philippians 2.3 Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Listen then, value her more than you value yourself. Ladies, value him more than you value yourself. Have you ever been in the room with someone famous or important? Someone you value. I was in China and I remember I was with Pastor Greg and uh, Pastor Greg Mitchell, leader of our fellowship. And we're just in this small little circle of pastors. And man, I'm just sitting there at attention like, oh, man, you know, I'm sitting next to him, you know. And, and, and they said, I can remember he was like, yeah, you know, is there any creamer for the coffee? And one of the pastors says, oh, no, there's not, man. I jumped up out of my chair, man. I began to run through the kitchens looking for creamer. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on. <laughs> Why? Because I value him. This is how we should value our spouse. 
When she or he is in the room, they are the most important to you person in the room. When you first fell in love, right, you'd get a phone call from him. You would tell all your girls, shh, shh, it's him. Amen. You would tell all your guys, guys, just be quiet. Start punching people if they wouldn't. You know what I'm talking about. She's calling. When you saw her, him, they were the most important thing in your world, in your life at that time. Listen to me. I know you know how. Long-lasting love is intentional. I'll tell you, I'm still learning. I'm talking about me. I'm not perfect, but I'm learning. Paul moves from verse 3 saying to value them more than you value yourself to verse 4. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This is how you value them. You're interested in what they are interested in. Amen. Amen. You are intentionally interested in what they are interested in. And how many know... That's hard. Listen, my mom absolutely hates fishing. <laughs> if they were to have a giant bonfire of every fishing pole in the entire world, and it goes up in flames, listen, not one tear would drop from my mom's eye. <laughs> listen, my dad, on the other side, if you break the tip off of one fishing pole out of the hundred he has, tears are going to drop. Get the mop bucket. Just the other day, my dad was telling us a fishing story. And man, he's all excited and energetic and da 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 this and this. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Dad, you had coffee at night. I don't know what's happening. And then I figured out what it was. He pulled the camera out and he says, look who my fishing partner was. And it was Jonah guy. I'm just kidding. It was my mom. It was my mom. It was my mom. Right? And he was so excited that his wife that hates fishing caught the biggest fish in his boat. Listen to me this morning. She faked for one day that she was interested in his hobby. <laughs> you did it when you dated. You can do it today. I love going on walks with my wife. <laughs> We need some editing, James. I did that. It was natural. It wasn't fair. You know what we did last night? It wasn't because of this. We had it planned. We went on a walk. A whole family. You know how precious? And, and because I just 
wrote this and studying this. I was thinking this on it. My wife didn't know I was preaching on marriage. But I'm walking down the road like how beautiful it is for a family to be walking together. Paul, he goes from value to interest. Showing your interest in each other. And then he says who our example is. That's powerful. Value each other. Have interest in each other. Not how you think it should be. But here's your example. Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's powerful. Who being in very the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even to death on the cross. Jesus was the most important important person in the room but he never acted like he was he humbled himself to value you he's the rock star but he's loving you he was equal with God but he came down to the earth to give himself to the cross why because he loved you so much and he says I will show you how to value someone else I will show you how to know their interests Jesus would say this is how Amen. Oh, come on Amen. powerful this is how I want you to value your wife. This is how I would want you to value your husband. This is how. And especially if you have some success in life. Businessmen. You have a good job. Pastor, preaching to myself. That your title can make you somehow better than your mate. And that is a lie from hell. That who you and what you have achieved can make you somehow better than who you married. Because they don't get the stage and credit that you get. Listen, Jesus was equal with God. And he said, it is not about me. It's about that sick man over there. It's about that woman that was caught in sin. It's about that man that has no, uh, uh, no hope in life. It's about that hurting woman that was caught in adultery, not just one time, but five times. Well, what if I do all the things that you preach this morning, Pastor, and they don't do it back? Maybe they won't. But I will tell you, God will honor it. And I believe God will change their heart. Amen. Listen, we need to build that kind of marriage. Yes. We need to be the jealousy of the world in the area of marriage with long-lasting love. Come on. 
I don't want to become religious. I don't want to know the words and know how to act and know what to say. And my life does not display what the word of God says. Long lasting love. Paul so powerfully displays what you should do. And then he says, this is your example, Jesus Christ. That's long lasting love. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning.